Donald Trump faces a barrage of legal obstacles from civil cases about the inflated values he placed on key properties in his portfolio to criminal cases both from federal and state prosecutors in relation to the storming of the Capitol building. All he wants to do, of course, is to postpone his court dates, get back into power and potentially pardon himself. So we decided to check in with our expat correspondent in the Big Apple, Phil Brown. Donald Trump has seemed a little rattled of late, confusing the names of past presidents and even accusing the Republicans of, quote, eating their own young. Phil, I keep seeing things on uh, various television news reports from the US, uh, here on, uh, mostly on YouTube, I have to say, but I can't believe that Donald Trump appears truly to be rattled. Yeah, hi, Graham. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's very obvious that he is rattled. He's talking about uh, Jeb Bush and uh, <laughs> and Obama, and uh, uh, yeah, he, he's been very, very rattled and getting mixed up in mm. speeches, particularly when he goes off script, of course. But yeah, there have been a few gems come out. He's clearly rattled by the number of court cases that are stacking up against him, and right. uh, his case in New York, in particular is going pretty badly for him. So I think that's... He can see all of his sort of New York businesses going down the drain. So I think that's a lot of the pressure. But uh, it's funny because people talk about Joe Biden making the occasional slip-up, but Trump's been all over the place in the last couple of weeks, for sure. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's just presidential pressure. I don't know. The thing that I found incredible was his comment about Republicans. Oh, the one about eating their own young? Is that the yeah. one? Yeah. But remember, Republicans eat their young. They really do. They eat their young. Terrible statement, but it's true. Where does that come from? What What is it actually, what is it meant to imply? Well, I'm not really sure. It's probably true. But um, no, I, I think he's talking about the fact that in, in terms of appointing a Speaker for the House, the Republicans are in total disarray. Hmm. So... Um, they're now talking about uh, potentially appointing Jim Jordan to be Speaker of the House. And, you know, it's it's been just an absolute mess since they um, basically fired McCarthy. And there's no clear path in sight. So the Republicans are all over the shop. Uh, no one can really see a way forward for them at the moment. So it's it's shaping up to be a real disaster because the last funding package that was passed by McCarthy just before they gave him the boot was only a 40-day, a 45-day passage, I think, of funding. So funding is going to come up again very, very shortly. And they, they definitely, uh, you know, they need a speaker to be able to pass anything. So it's, yeah, it's full pressure. I believe there's a vote uh, happening tomorrow to see if uh, they can elect Jim Jordan. But uh, if, if, if Jordan fails, I don't know who else is going to step in. Did someone uh, suggest the Democrat might step in? Well, that's a possibility if there are enough Republicans. So, you know, if you think about the number of Democratic votes and if you had a block of Republicans to support someone, that could happen. But uh, that's a speaker, pretty remote possibility. Does the Speaker yeah. get his own vote plus a casting vote? Yes, yes, right. I believe so he does. So that's the yeah. power of the position. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting days. I wonder whether the Trump truly now feels he could lose the Republican 
backing that he's that he sort of had or took over or however you want to describe the relationship between him and the Republican Party is do you think there's any strong man there who might lead a charge in the opposite direction no um, I can't see it there's no one that is really standing up maybe Chris Christie but yeah. um, he would probably be the only one that I can see making any kind of um, any sort of inroads but I still can't see anyone really challenging him he has still been fundraising like crazy every time there's a new charge he raises he another it. 10 yeah. or 20 million yeah it's yeah. Un- unbelievable he he <laughs> seems to thrive on negative publicity or says he does yeah and his public you know his um, his ratings seem to be going up so the the scary thing is there's actually a good chance that he can win <laughs> uh, what it might be a party of one <laughs> yes it could be i mean that, that so, would be fascinating <laughs> Do you think that he is going to get on the ballot? Because what was the situation uh, just last week, I think, uh, a judge in Colorado decided he wasn't fit to be on a presidential ballot. Um, I guess this is, relates back to the Capitol riot, uh, etc., and uh, maybe some other civil issues that have been in court. I don't know. Yeah, there there is a pending case in Colorado. So uh, there was a, a group that decided to challenge his right to be on the ballot uh, based on um, the uh, 14th Amendment of the Constitution that says no one will be engaged in an insurrection or give aid or comfort to uh, insurrectionists and I think you could fairly argue that he's done that. Mm. Um, so no one that's done that should be able to hold any office in the US in, in any public office. Now, the judge, uh, Trump tried to have that case thrown out because it was a an impingement on his uh, freedom of speech. First but the Amendment. judge... Uh, yeah, yeah, his First Amendment, right. So... Um, that that was actually thrown out. That challenge was thrown out, and so the court case is going ahead. It goes to trial on October the 30th. Now, following that, there are two other states, Minnesota and Michigan, have also um, lodged uh, cases to have him taken off the ballots there. If that was the case, um, he would have to put up, you know, someone else, I guess. I, I'm not sure how that would pan out, to be honest. But that's one potential way they could keep him off the ballot. The difficulty that they will have is that there are... The language is, is fairly obscure in that section of the 14th Amendment. Uh, there was a candidate who was running for the Republican nomination, a guy named John Castro, um, who was trying to get uh, into the Republican race for president. And he took a case to the Supreme Court last week um, under that 14th Amendment challenge. And uh, the, ref- the Supreme Court refused to even hear the case. Wow. Um, so... Even if these states win this case, it would probably be appealed and and be pushed up to the Supreme Court. And no one is really sure whether the Supreme Court will even listen to the cases. So it's not uh, not a fait accompli, even if the states say that they want him removed, um, they could still win it on appeal. So So, uh, are the states the final arbiters of who goes on their ballot or not? No, because the if it was appealed to a Supreme Court 
And Well, they are the final arbiters of who goes on the ballot, but in this particular case, if you have a, a legal challenge and it goes to a Supreme Court and, it? And, it, yeah, and it is heard by the court and it's rejected as being, you know, as that ruling from the state Supreme Court being unconstitutional, then I think, um, I think he's free to be on the ballot. Right, OK. Because it'd be interesting if you had a, a national ballot for president, but it only applied in, you know, 30-odd yeah. states, say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it'd be hard to win, wouldn't it? It would be very hard to win. It's, yeah. uh, it's a confusing sort of scenario. But oh, um, a lot of the legal scholars don't think that um, they'll be able to win those cases, that the, the legislation or, or the... 14th Amendment is fairly obscure. It was uh, written at the end of the Civil War um, around scenarios related to the, the Civil War and was never really intended to be used in, in sort of a modern-day scenario. But we'll see. Stranger mm. things have happened in America, now, as you know. Do you think Trump has at all been weakened by the civil case in which the judge decided that he had overvalued properties and taken advantage of mortgage uh, rates and insurance and all sorts of things pertaining to property ownership. I mean, he's not the rich man that he claims to be. Yeah, and I think he's been exposed and uh, that's a big concern to him because a lot of his financial empire is based on, you know, um, borrowings or, or reputation that he supposedly had that has basically disappeared. So, yeah, he's not the wealthy guy that he was. And the other side of it is that his business licenses in New York for a whole bunch of businesses, there are apparently um, swags of, of small enterprises that he runs that generate a lot of cash flow, and they could use their licenses. So he's already lost the $250 million case. Um, so the judge has already uh, ruled against him in that case. Yep. But now the, the civil case is deciding how much they're going to penalise him. So, But anyway, originally they were looking for $250 million in fines, but it could be as high as a billion. So, um, he doesn't really know. So. so normally in those situations, the person who's been fined declares bankruptcy because it's yeah. only a civil case, right? Yeah, but I think a part of this, um, a part of this case is that he can't declare bankruptcy, that all of the business licences will be shut down and he won't be able to open those businesses up again in New York. Right. So normally you can declare bankruptcy, um, start a new company tomorrow and uh, under a different name and, and pick up trading. But in this case, he won't be able to do that. There'll be a receiver appointed over all of the businesses. And he and uh, his two sons, uh, Donald Jr. and Eric, will be banned from... Uh, running any kind of business in New York. Maybe if, we'll get uh, his if... daughter might be the candidate. Yeah, well, she'll be the only one. Ivanka. Uh, pro pro yeah, she'll probably be the only one earning any money at the end of the day. Mm, well. uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, so does that, does that sort of diminish him in the eyes of the Republican Party? Like, is there not a rich, strong man in the Republican Party who could stand up to him on the basis that he, you know, he's not the financial wizard that he claims and... He certainly doesn't have the wherewithal. Not it doesn't 
it doesn't seem like that's had an impact. Even though, look, if you look at what Chris Christie has said, he's been very damning of, of uh, Trump and really, you know, come out very strongly against him. Nikki Haley has also come out pretty strongly and there, there are a few others that have come out against him because of all of this. But it doesn't seem to have much impact. Where it is having a bit of impact is with some of the, the wealthy donor packs that support the campaigns. Right. So some of those are not contributing as much money to uh, to Trump as they might have. So that's a big part of going into an election an election campaign. It's that war chest for advertising and, and you know marketing generally. Mm. That's really important. So some of the packs are backing away from him. As some, um, as you may recall, moved over to Ron DeSantis. So, yeah, that, that has an impact, but I, it still hasn't, you know, there's still no one in the Re- Republican Party putting up a strong enough show to take him out as the, as the candidate, to be honest. Right. And, and there's no suggestion that there could be a split and a third party emerges in the US? No. No, no. So a, there are a, there are a couple of people who are talking about running as independents, um, which is a real worry to the Democrats because there are a couple of those on the Democratic side who are talking about running as independents, and if they do that, if they have enough support, they could potentially the take a yeah split votes against Biden. So there is a little bit of a concern about about that. One of them uh, has a fairly famous surname Kennedy. You might have heard of him. Oh, yes. I think I asked you about Kennedy, whether he was fair income, but you sort of indicated he didn't no, seem to have quite the cred of the others. He doesn't. He's a total uh, conspiracy theorist. Right. But, you know, in his neighbourhood, he might pick up a few votes. Yeah, well, it's a grand name. There's, um, you know, yeah. there's been a preponderance of them around the place, uh, yes. male and female. Yes, very true. So you never know. Uh, but uh, look, I heard there was uh, there, there was uh, an Aussie being mentioned around the political traps here a little while ago, a guy named Anthony Pratt. Apparently had a bit of a chat with Donald about uh, submarines a little while ago. Yeah, well, that, yeah. I, I, I'm amazed at, uh, at the, the Pratt family getting involved. I'm, you know, that, that, I just, I don't know. It's not something that one... We don't hear about them here. They don't seem to be engaged in the political atmosphere here at all. Right. Well, the story is that he's a member at uh, Mar-a-Lago, which really surprised yeah. me, but uh, he uh, had been having a chat with Donald and Donald was telling him a few secrets, you know, about the uh, the submarines, about how close they could get to uh, to Russian subs without being detected and a few other things about how many nuclear warheads they carry. So this was a big story here in mm. the US about a week and a half ago. Oh, OK. Yeah, I, but, I think uh, I didn't see that. The other thing that I found interesting is that Donald is suing in the UK to try and uh, retrieve his tarnished reputation. Did you hear about that? No, I think I, I think there was something to do with one of his golf courses um, in Scotland. I think they'd cancelled one or two of the major events, so I think he was uh, pretty upset about that. I don't know whether that's related to that, but I hadn't yeah. really heard that about the UK. Well, it's interesting. Generally. I mean, he... he, he you would think he'd be suing in the US, although it's difficult to get uh, de- uh, defamation uh, cases up in yeah. the US. They have a different set of rules to what we do here in Australia and what uh, exists in the UK. 
But, yeah, he worried about his reputation. I haven't heard of, of any concerns of his about his <laughs> reputation before this, so... Maybe he's just short no. of cash and needs a bit. Well, yeah, probably. Look, he's got uh, he's got six major cases lining up in front of him. He's got uh, you know the the business uh, fraud case going on in New York, and that's sort of heading along at full steam. He's got the E. Jean uh, Carroll sexual abuse defamation case coming up in January. Okay. Yeah, uh, he was convicted of <clears throat> of sexual abuse and. Uh, Fine five million, but the moment he got out of court, he called her a, a whack job and a total liar, and so she slammed him again with another case. So he's coming back in again, and will probably lose another five mil as a result of that. Is this um, where the war chest is going? Like the people who are donating money to his campaign, is he actually paying off his fines with it? Well, he's paying off legal fees. I mean, the legal fees are more than the fines at this stage. Wow. Like, he must be in the tens, if not, you know, close to, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars Is in just right? legal fees. Yeah, these are these are big cases. So he's got the E. Jean Carroll case. He's got the business fraud case in New York. He's got the Stormy Daniels hush money case. Yeah. That's actually been deferred for a while. Uh, but he's got the, uh, the January 6th case that will kick off on March the 4th. Um, that's the big one with Jack Smith. Um, then he's got the classified documents case that everyone knows he's, he's guilty of, and it's just a matter of time. That kicks off in May. And then he's got the election tampering uh, case in Georgia that starts up on October the 23rd. So this that's. Year. Uh, yeah, so yeah. that's starting up this, this week with jury selection. But they've. In that case, they named 19 people in a sort of a RICO case, yeah. uh, a racketeering case. Yeah. Which is how they got uh, John Gotti of the uh, the Gambino family many years ago. Oh right! Um, but uh, there were nineteen people named in that case, and they've split off two that wanted an early trial. And these were two lawyers, so they're going with them first. That's going to take four or five months, and then there'll probably be another one or two trials for the remaining uh, defendants on that case. So if you look at his calendar, if you look at all of the court cases lined up, he's a very busy man. So yeah. I can the, understand if he's a bit stressed. When is the actual <laughs> election due? Is it November 24, is it? Nove yeah, November 24. Right. Well, he That's might the get a court case finished by then. Yeah, look, I think there might be one or two finished by then. I think a lot of these will push. Um, I think the classified documents case is a problem because the the judge there seems to be deferring things, and that was a judge that he appointed, uh, Judge Cannon. And uh, she's very pro-Trump, so she's uh, pushing that out. That might not happen till after the election. So, yeah, two or three of these may not even be concluded until after the election, at which time he'll probably just pardon himself if he, if he wins. And yet I heard him this morning in an interview saying he wouldn't pardon himself. He thought it was a bad look. He was offered it before he finished the presidential role, the previous presidential role, and he said, uh, no, he wouldn't do it. He, he, he was going to get Mike Pence to do it at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He had a, he pardoned a whole bunch of people as well. He can't pardon himself on the state cases, but no. he can on the federal cases. Right. So he could, uh, yeah, he could pardon himself on a few of them. We'll see, I but, guess. Uh, but not all of them, yeah. Time will tell. So uh, only in America, Phil? Only in America, yes, as we <laughs> lead up to the election. And here's, here's the crazy thing, Graeme. Look, yeah. 
it's just full on year after year after year because you have the you know the election every four years, but then two years after the election you have the midterms. Yep. So there's a lot of build up for that because that's the whole House of um, Representatives and about a third of the Senate. So that there's a huge build up for that every two years, and then you go into the last two years of the presidential term where you're gearing up for the next election. It just it's continuous. There's no break. It's just election after election after election. It's uh, it's amazing being here. It's very different to you know in Australia you have an election, you have a rest for about you know three years or so. Yes. But here it's just full on all the time. It just never stops. Now, just finally, wanted to ask you, what is the overarching American reaction to the Hamas incursion in in the West Bank? I think generally people are horrified. There are a few pockets of of people that are saying the opposite, but I think generally, you know, probably 80-90% of the people in the US are horrified and uh, obviously want it uh, sorted out as quickly as possible. Hmm. And uh, just the sheer brutality of, of Hamas's actions have just shocked everyone. Phil Brown there speaking with Graham Kemlow. And that brings our first hour to a close, but do stay tuned to JE88FM as we'll be back at 6pm with the second hour of Travel Riders Radio. We are the wild, we are the free, and our fire burns eternally. We'll travel far, far as the eyes can see.